Producing and Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber. Our guest today, Stephen Waldman, who has written the book Founding Faith, spent a lot of energy doing it, and did a very well job, Providence, Politics, and the Birth of Religious Freedom in America. So, Stephen, uh, do you think the Founding Fathers wanted religious freedom because they liked organized Christianity and, you know, like the Calvinists. Was that a comfortable path for them because of that that kind of organization? Well, first thing I have to say is that there, in, in a way there's no such thing as the Founding Fathers uh, as a unitary block. This is a group of men and women um, who had different views. Uh, they, they differed on separation of church and state, and they had different personal theologies. So there definitely were members of the Continental Congress and the Constitutional Convention who were traditional Calvinists mm-hmm. and who fit quite nicely and comfortably into the Puritan churches or the Church of England uh, at the time. But they were also very much mixed, and a lot of the leaders, the, the ones that I focused on and right. had the biggest impact, like Madison, Jefferson, Washington. I, I was surprised that Madison played such a strong role. I didn't know. Yeah, he was really, if I had to pick one person who was the the most decisive figure in terms of religious freedom, it was Madison. Um, And and they, to varying degrees, rebelled against Calvinism. Um, Interestingly, one of the main reasons they didn't like Calvinism is they hated the idea of um, salvation by grace, that, that someone would gain salvation without having to work for it. Yeah. And, and the reason is that they really, a lot of them, came back, kept coming back to morality as the whole point. Yes. That the whole point of religion was to encourage good behavior. Right. That was really the way they looked at it. And so it, it really, they wanted their religion to operate kind of with a series of carrots and sticks. And they thought it was appalling that good people who led, led good lives wouldn't right. necessarily... Um, gain salvation, and that was part of why they uh, turned against Calvinism. And they just thought the whole, it was all petty, that it was, mm-hmm. it was uh, you know, focused on sort of small-bore rulemaking and um, petty theological disputes. Yeah. So instead of basically you reap what you sow, and if you do good, you get good, and you end up in a good place, there's like almost like a cultish superstition on a lot of religions that you, you come our way, you do our formula, and you're saved, otherwise you're not. Right, and uh, you know, John Adams late in his life said, I, after 40 years of studying this, I can summarize my entire creed in four words, uh, be good, be just. <laughs> You know, yeah, yeah, that's that yeah, covers it. Right on. Um, the First Amendment was it designed to separate uh, church and state throughout the land? I mean, was that it? Well, not really. And this is one of the most confusing parts of this whole story, um, which is that we tend to think of the founding fathers as as these almost demigods and that you know, James Madison wrote the Bill of Rights and then shipped it directly off to the National Archives for framing. Mm-hmm. And it, of course, it didn't work that way. It was a political process. The Bill of Rights went through Congress. It went to the House Committee and the Senate Committee and a Conference Committee. And they, they had to compromise 
to get this through. And one of the key compromises was that you had people like Madison who wanted separation of church and state. And, and Madison actually was was the real hardliner on this. He wanted separation at the national level, mm-hmm. and he wanted it at the local level. But he didn't win on that. He had these other members of Congress who were who uh, represented states where they had official state religions, like Massachusetts and Connecticut, and they were worried that this new national constitution was going to wipe out their local way of doing things. Yeah. Madison essentially had to come up with a compromise that said, look, we'll have separation at the national level, but you can do whatever you want at the local level. So at, at, the, point at, the, of the, at the state level, too? At the state level, yeah. yeah. So at the point that the Constitution passed, 11 of the 13 states still had tests for what kind of religion you had to be if you wanted to hold office. And the Constitution didn't change that, that you had to be a Christian, you had to be a Protestant. And the Bill of Rights let that stand. Now, how did we end up, you know, where we are now, where we have uh, principles of separation much more pervasively and at the local level in public schools? That was because of the Civil War. The Civil War, um, after the Civil War, we passed the 14th Amendment, which was geared around, uh, you know, this whole Civil War was based, (laughs) in part, fought on the premise that, well, what happens if states themselves deny rights to their citizens? Yeah. We're going to have to pick this up after break. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves. Our guest today, Steve Waldman, author of Founding Faith, and we will be right back with more. Stay with us. (laughs) 